Welcome to ClearCast. ClearCast is a ministry of ClearNote Church in West Indianapolis. I'm your host, Tim Dukeman. I'm here with our producer, Martin, and of course, Pastor Dave. And today we're going to talk about pride. Um, we want to talk about why you should see your own ego as your worst enemy. And our hope is that this episode will help you humble yourself so you can receive God's grace. So, Pastor Dave, why should we focus on pride? Uh, whatever other sins you, ha- there, you have, this is certainly one of them and at the top of the list. Um, it's extraordinary to meet someone that who's learned the grace of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just think that we're all proud out of the gate. It's just not a, not a question in my mind. And so, yeah. um, it also is the sort of sin that it, uh, it affects, it's not isolated. It's connected to all your other sins. It's process. It, it sort of gives you a framework for processing. If you're proud, then you're going to process every mm-hmm. comment, every look, every, everything yeah. in life in light of your own opinion of yourself. And um, scripture warns us, you know, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And I think that that warning is, um, is apropos that it just applies to all of us that were there. You know, e- even when I meet people who um, maybe are melancholic by nature or self-deprecating, mm-hmm. which you might think, oh, they're so humble. Oh, they're so meek. I'm like, mm. Mm, their pride's just not the kind of pride that uh, gets out in front of them and and shows itself. Right. But if you were to go to that melancholic person or that self-deprecating person and talk to them about uh, their own life, their own desires, their own yeah. uh, struggles, you'd find out pretty quickly that actually they think pretty highly of themselves. They, they think they're better than the people who go around bragging. Yeah. And, well, see, that, see, now, whatever kind of pride I've got, it's not that kind. <laughs> so, yeah, at least I'm not as bad as those people. Like, yeah, I, I just have the kind that's just like, I think that's a proud man. Look right over there. We can see him across the parking lot. That, that's a proud thing he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. I think um, it's important to recognize that pride is the sort of, it's the foundation of almost every other sin you can commit. I mean, you can even think about something like if you have a mom who yells at her kids, why is she yelling at her kids? It's probably because she thinks that she deserves to be treated better than they're treating her. That's the, like, I deserve better than this. You're not giving me this. And that's the the thing that causes the anger that erupts in in yelling. And and you can do this over and over again with all sorts of different types of of sins. Um, We're reading Anna Karenina right now. And one of the characters is he's carrying on an affair and, and committing adultery against his wife. And he has decided that, well, I'm a, a strong, uh, youthful man and I deserve this. That's how, that's what, how he's rationalized it to himself is that he deserves it. And his wife really should be understanding of this, that, you know, this is just how the world works. And so she should understand it. And so, so there's there's so much pride at the root of of the adultery. And doesn't that doesn't the the fact that pride is like a central sin go all the back way back? I mean, it's in scripture, but also we see it in uh, church fathers like uh, Augustine when he says um, his discussion of inordinate affections, like disordered, hmm. like that that at the root of all of it is uh, 
our love of self comes before everything else. And um, however we can meet that that central need for uh, self-love, right. um, we're, we'll do it if we need to put others down or, or um, whatever other sins we need to commit to yeah. uh, prop ourselves up. Yeah, I think so. It's a... And how, where do you even begin with pride? It's hard to hard to know how to talk about it. Um, it's the sort of sin that people like. I don't. It's not the sort of sin that people deny, but I also don't think it's the sort of sin that people understand. Mm. It's just like you'll cop to it and you're like, "Yeah, I'm proud," but in terms of actually seeing your pride, like in the moment, I yeah. think is a completely different um, skill or talent or gift or. It's cultivated to be yeah. able to see when almost nobody ever sees their pride in the moment. Yeah, it's like, and I think some of the reason is, um, we're I don't know how to, how quite to say it. Um, the impulse for self preservation, like, is I think flows out of our pride that like we're always thinking about like you, you mentioned with Augustine, and um, our inordinate lust and stuff. We're, we're, we don't. No one has to tell us to think about ourselves or how to get what we want or uh, how to um, make sure that our needs are met. I mean, even Paul reasons that way with husbands and Ephesians wives for no one even hated their own flesh. Right. It's like, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. Cherisheth. Yeah. Like it's like, well, it's just taken for granted that you're going to attend to your own needs. You're going Mm -hmm. to, you know, Philippians two tells us that we should have the attitude of Christ, um, that we put other people's needs and interests above our own. Right. And, and so it's just the sort of sin that we, that's just baked into, into us. And we think, well, if I don't look out for myself, if I don't look out for my own interests, if I don't attend to the, my priorities, then, then, then no one will, mm-hmm. whether that's my spouse or my employer or my pastor or my whomever, like no one else is going to pay attention. So I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention and care about getting what I want. And what's really at the, um, at the root of that sort of thinking is a rejection of, of God's provision and his care and his attendance upon you. Mm-hmm. You think, well, if I don't attend to it, that no one else will. So we, we justify our pride that way. Well, I have to think about my, I have to be yeah. concerned about my own uh, well-being because that's my job. Um, and, but it's the sort of thing that scripture assumes you will do that is a part of you and actually warns of the danger that, that, yeah. that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a great line from Chesterton where he talks about how uh, we always say, this man or that man is going to be successful because he really believes in himself, yeah. and uh, and he just he he goes on this this great rant where he says, you know, it's the it's the losers and the uh, the the um, failures that are constantly convinced that the world is in the wrong and that their talent is just their genius is unrecognized. <laughs> that the people who most truly and deeply believe in themselves are all just literally insane. He says they're they're all in the asylum because they're convinced that they're right and the world is wrong. Yeah. And what he does in 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 that rant is just exposes how how much inordinate pride is a weakness because it leads us to a sense of blindness at our about our own failures uh, and flaws. And yeah. this um, this whole season we're talking about things we wish somebody had told us in our twenties. Yeah. So we're thinking about how uh, young men are often more prone to 
that kind of pride and uh, and lack of self knowledge. Yeah. Um, that sometimes God uses the sanctification of of maturity and growth and age to help knock some of that out of us. Not all of it, but yeah. a little bit. I mean, maybe it's helpful to sort of describe like how do you identify pride? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know when there's when there's pride? I th- the two things that come to my mind are one when when things don't go your way, how do you respond? Do you throw yourself a pity party or do you, or, you know, which I think is, is the common natural response. Right. That's not fair. It's sort of like, you know, what Chesterton was saying. He's like, you're willing to condemn the whole world <laughs> rather than admit that you're wrong mm-hmm. or that you're, that you right. failed or what have you. Um, yep. And it's just like, to what, to what lengths will you go to protect your own image of yourself? Right. Um, and so what do you do? So how do you identify pride? Okay. How do you generally <laughs> respond when things don't go your way, when bad stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? Like Job's wife, among a bunch of other things, was proud. Job, at the beginning, was humble. Shall we not accept, you know, shall we only accept good things from the hand of the Lord and not, and not evil, not difficult? Mm-hmm. And says so with, with all these words, he didn't, Job didn't sin with his mouth. There was, a, there was something remarkable in the humility yeah. before God in what Job said. Right. And... And so how do you respond when bad stuff happens? Like if you're already anticipating, if you're anticipating the bad stuff happening, if you're planning your next move for when the bad stuff happens, these are, these are things that are downstream of pride. You're really trying to, uh, you think it's really important that you get what you want. Mm. Um, another, uh, maybe another, another measure, another mark of, um, of pride is, uh, how do you respond to correction or rebuke? Yeah. Like if, if you're not, uh, if, if you're immediately defensive when someone corrects you, like I mean, we all have this sort of thing that wells up inside of us whenever someone tells us we're wrong or we didn't do a good job. You know, it doesn't take your boss much actually to like, sh- to, to strike that nerve Yeah. Mm-hmm. where he's like, Hey, did you do this last week? And you're like, yeah, why? And mm-hmm. it's like, there's your product. It's showing. You're like, yeah, why? Why? Like, well, what's wrong? You know, you're that quick. You're being defensive. Yeah. Um, we all have that in us and some of us will, will recognize it at that point and say, okay, maybe I screwed up. Maybe I thought I did a good job, but I didn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe what I thought was a good job was not act good enough for the people who relied on it. So right. um, how do you respond when you're being corrected? I think one of the things that one of the um, marks of a Christian ought to be that they're teachable, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is just another way of saying that they're humble. Right. That they're willing to be corrected, to have you to, to to have other Christians get involved in their lives, and say to them, "I think this is not good," mm-hmm. and for them to hear it and not say things like, "Oh," and then carry on with their lives without ever considering what was said to them by someone right. who loved them. Right. As I was prepping for this uh, episode, let me share this. I was looking up some verses on the topic. And so the first one, one of the first ones that jumped to mind was First Peter five, which is clothe yourselves with humility toward one of the for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I haven't really thought about before is the the two clauses, um, the the clauses right before that. The first one is you younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility. And so. Uh, the theme of the season is things I wish I'd known in my twenties, and so I, if you're 
if you're in your 20s hearing this, um, this is especially for you, that that clothing ourselves with, with humility is even more important and even more should be even more of a focus if you're young. Um, and that one of the ways you're going to do that is going to be to be subject to your elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the hardest. It's very hard for young people. I th- it's, it's, it's when young, when, when young men and women come of age in their parents' homes, and this is not original to me. I've heard other pastors talk about this is where I learned it was that when they, then they become of age, they become very critical of their parents. Yep. And they think everything, you know, when they're little, they think, oh, everything mom and dad does is right and Mm -hmm. good. And so they emulate it. And then they go through a season where they say, oh, everything mom and dad does is wrong. Mom and dad are dumb. Mom and dad don't know what what time it is. They, their priorities are all out of whack. And then the danger is that they would stay in that. That's Mm -hmm. a proud place to be. Right. For a young man or a young woman to think of their parents as being foolish, (sighs) stupid, um, Mm-hmm. Un, you know, just having no wisdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. And what you hope for is that that child will come under this instruction from Peter to clothe themselves with humility yeah. and, and to come to realize my parents are sinners yeah, and they did sin, but not everything they did was sin and not everything that they taught me was wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain humility in being able to forgive your parents and the people that have, that have, you know, sinned against you have done, done wrong by you. But I don't think the proud person can ever forgive uh, those who sinned against them because they just think I wouldn't, I, I don't do things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I thank God that I'm not like these sinners. Yeah. You know, the, I'm not like my parents. Yeah. And, and then they realized later on in life what everyone else around them recognized much earlier, which is I'm exactly you're very you're a lot more like you have sins too, mm-hmm. and their sins don't make your sins okay, right? Um, and so yeah, younger men. I, I mean, <laughs> I remember when I, I was younger and getting married. Man, I thought I knew all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I thought I had an answer to every every gray area, every thorny difficult thing i thought well you just this and that you just do that you just figure this out well that's just the answer i don't know why all these other people are having so much trouble figuring this out i got it all figured out you don't need new ones when you're 25 no you just i mean because you know everything right and you don't yeah and it's it's incredible how much you don't know and as you get older if god's kind to you you'll see you'll begin to see what an idiot you were right and if you're, and if God's really kind, you'll you'll have the 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 awareness to say, man, I'm probably not as smart right now. Like mm-hmm. even the things that I hold to that are I think are are really really consequential, really really like I have no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that um you, you're not you you're not <laughs> Chesterton's got a quote you might know it about the the man who considers um, few things is a uh, How's he say it? The hobgoblin of simple minds. I don't uh, remember the quote. I'd have to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you can put it up. You maybe you can put it up and put it in the sermon notes yeah. or something, okay. or in the, the yeah. show notes. But yeah, it's like life is and people are so much more complex, and it's it's pride that blinds you to that. Mm-hmm. You just think, oh well, simple. You know, that's a simple question, and here's a simple answer, and it's like, well, I'm glad it's simple for you. Right. <laughs> 
you'll find out in time it's not as simple as you, you you started out thinking it was. Yeah, something I've thought about a lot with I'm a financial advisor, and so um, I've spent years studying to learn to do this work, um, and I read all all about it all the time. And there's a big licensing exam and a CFP exam um, that I had to go through, and so there will be times when the my client asks a question and it's there's like an unbridgeable chasm between us where there's no there's no way i can just tell them all the things they would need to know to understand it the way i do um there is an element of they're just gonna have to trust me and like hopefully i can display enough expertise that they're gonna do that but at the end, of the end of the day, like what I tell people when I'm sitting, like sometimes every now and again, I'll, I'll have a meeting where it's someone who doesn't have an advisor yet and they're thinking about hiring us. And I'll tell them what you need to do is you need to find someone who you trust them to make good, wise choices with your investments and then, and then trust them. Because if you're not going to do that, then you need to like learn how to do my job basically. Like those are kind of the options right. and there's a lot of overlap with that for, for younger men and older men. And I think about when you're a kid, like it would be terrible if a, an eight year old was trying to judge his parents parenting and, and, and whatnot. Um, and we can all see that, but we have such a hard time when we're 25 or 28 years old, like, and there's a, an older, wiser man or a pastor or an elder, saying to us, no, there's so much you don't understand. Um, and I think we ought to be more mindful of the fact that, like, the parent could never explain to the eight-year-old why they can't eat, eat the food they want to eat or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we ought, to, we ought to be able to recognize that there's probably some of that dynamic going on with us in that the, the pastor or the elder can't bridge that chasm in a few minutes or, or even in an hour or two. Um, we're just not going to understand. So we ought to be subject to our elders and not stand in judgment over them. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll have our first uh, live fact check. Uh, is this the quote? A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds, adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divines. It's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Ah, I'm an idiot. So I pulled that up. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't remembering, but... Uh, You're our it Chesterton does sound kind of a buff, but uh, yeah. wasn't Chesterton. Nope, not that one. Um, so, so, Pastor Dave, somebody who's listening to this, um, I, I think the tendency is for us to say, "I'm not prideful." Actually, I think I'm horrible. <laughs> I don't think I don't think too highly of myself because I actually think I'm a terrible person, and no one should ever love me. And and so, what would you say to that person? Does that person still have a pride problem or do they have another problem where they actually – could that person maybe need to love themselves more? Well, <laughs> I think pride is <laughs> – I think pride is thinking about yourself too much. What you think about yourself is not as much the concern. Whether you have really, really high thoughts of yourself or really, really low thoughts of yourself, hmm. a proud person is only concerned with themselves. That's all they think about. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I would also say that the question I have for that person is, how do they respond when people agree with their self-assessment? Because I've known people that can yeah. run themselves down so hard 
But the minute anybody says, yeah, you actually do have a lot of weaknesses and failures, the tables completely flip. I, right. My friend and I have discussed a particular person that I know. Um, no one here knows, and yeah. hopefully no one on this podcast will ever get to know. But just oh, somebody that has they, – they have a particular uh, work that they've done. And they will run down their ability and talent in that area just constantly. Like, I know I'm not very good at that at all. Mm-hmm. But the minute you say to them, hey, here's something you could do to try to do better at that. Like, you're right. You you aren't as gifted in that as maybe you could be. But try this. You know, maybe you could do this and this work would help you. Uh, the person immediately starts backpedaling because what they're actually wanting is they're wanting their ego propped up because yeah. they don't want you to agree with them. Yeah. They don't want you to say to you, yeah, you not you're worthless, but yeah, you do have a lot of weaknesses and failures. Yeah, the opposite of um maybe it's it's helpful to think in terms of opposites. The opposite of pride is not um tearing Abject. yourself down. Yeah. yeah. That's not like humility is it. Is is the opposite. And so the thing that ring, that comes through in your example, Martin, is that 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 person who's like, "Well, I'm terrible at this and I'm no good and I you know, I'm a terrible no good very bad person." It's like, "Well, as soon as you say, mm-hmm, they're like, you, you can't say that about me. And I'm like, right. well, but a, hum, a humble person, like you think of David when he was, you know, after all of his sins and Absalom chased him out of the city, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can never remember the guy's Shimei. name. Shimei. Shimei comes out and is hurling abuse at him. And David's guy's like, you want us to go knock his head off? You know, we just run over there and knock his head off for you. And David's like, he's probably right. <laughs> what are we going to say? And if he's wrong, like, then let the Lord deal with him. Yep. That was actually a humble response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not told what Shimei said. We're not told whether he was right or whether he was wrong. We're just told that David was like, I've done so much wrong. Like, here I am being chased. Like, here, look what my son's doing back in the city. Right. And here I am on the run. And this is what I, like, (laughs) what what do you want me to be proud of? Yeah. He even says, uh, his statement is that the Lord has told him to curse. So don't stop him right now. You know, that God would have to settle out. The accounts in the end. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that's a humble response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a I, humble response. Something I think about, I've heard uh, Pastor John MacArthur say that when people attack him, his policy is that he won't defend himself. And if if it turns out that the person is attacking him unfairly, then Phil Johnson will defend him. <laughs> like, and that's just what, that's what they do. And I think there's, I think that's a, there's some wisdom in that. And that if you are wanting to defend yourself, like a lot of times that's pride. Not always, but the 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 person who always has an excuse, the person who always has a defense, they always have the reason that 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 their situation or you're oh you must not be understanding it correctly if you think I did the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing because I think in our day, like anyone who fights is, I think the world sees anyone who fights as being, um it being a good thing. Hmm. But Christians look and they say, well, anyone who fights is automatically proud. You shouldn't. Yeah. But it takes real humility to fight sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're fighting about, we don't have time to go into, you know, mm-hmm. an intricate example of when it would be appropriate versus when it wouldn't be. But I just want to say that sometimes fighting is, sometimes fighting is the humble thing to do. Right. It's but possible it's, to but, be too proud to fight. Yeah. And, yeah. And so and to be above it all. Mm-hmm. And right. um, yeah, that's true. And so it's a it's a it's a it's difficult to to sort out because it's not always wrong to to fight or even to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've met pastors. I don't know. I really don't know if it's my pride or not. But like, 
I don't get as wound up about defending myself as some other men I know who are godly, mm-hmm. who are much more likely to say, to take David's stance. And I'm like, maybe it's just you're more humble than I am. But I don't like it when, like, if, if someone's going is is wrong and is attacking and causing harm, like, you can mm-hmm. say what you want about me, but if you, you know, to a certain extent, but if you start saying things about people that I love and that I care about, or you start doing them harm, mm-hmm. like, I'm likely to get upset about that and have something to say about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, is that just, is that pride? I, I don't know. Yeah. I know I'm proud. <laughs> I hear it in things I say. I'm, I'm real good at boasting. Like, but in a way that, I don't know, maybe it's obvious to other people. It's often apparent to me that I'm, when the things I'm saying, it's to toot my own horn. Right. And. <laughs> well, I, I would say just briefly to unpack when you're saying the difference between, um, sometimes people can be too proud to fight mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes the person reveals in that that they're only concerned for their own reputation and not about the thing that's being fought over. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So there should be a willingness, whether it's about your church, about doctrine, about Christianity, about your family, to be willing to stand up for those things, even if that puts you in uncomfortable and difficult situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit different than uh, fighting for your own reputation, but there are times where when you're put in a position of responsibility as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, or as a uh, leader in a church, where you're put in a position where you need to stand up to defend the institution, Mm -hmm. and there are ways that that institution and you are kind of, your identities are intertwined. Um, But that's that's the difference I see, because that's, I think we could all agree there's a big difference between that and just defending your own Right. Perfection, like yeah. the fact that anybody would say that I failed. How dare you? Right. There's a difference between that and saying that I have failed, but that doesn't mean that that you get to sit in the seat of judgment because right. that's that's harmful to yeah, others. Yeah, I mean the thing. I think the place in scripture where that's that's most helpful to me in sorting out that sort of pride is um, in in Corinthians where Paul is defending his apostleship. He goes on, right. and I mean he's it's so intense. Mm-hmm. And he's defending himself, and you're like, "Is this guy really defending himself?" And it's like every once in a while, as you read those epistles, you see interspersed his love for the for the people who are caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to have many teachers in Christian, you would have not not have many fathers. But yeah. I became your father through the gospel, and like, it's like, oh, I don't think he's fighting for his own reputation among the Corinthians, but he's fighting for their souls, and that's yes. actually a humble thing. And so in our day. You know, if if men fight, they're just seen as proud, yeah. And it's not, and 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 many times it is, and it's clearly an only pride. And sometimes it's a mixture of the two, where it's right. Sometimes it's pride, and sometimes it's not. And you know, different bits and pieces of it. But yeah, I think about with <laughs> what's Martin saying that a lot of the reason our country's in the state it's in is because so many Christians have decided that it's low status to engage in the quote-unquote culture war. And so there's a whole host of issues they don't even touch because they think, like, quite frankly, they think they're too good for it. And I, I think we ought, we ought to be careful. <coughs> have, we, have we masked our unfaithfulness to obey Scripture and, and confess it? In Like, is, is pride getting the best of us there when we won't fight? Yeah. And, and the thing, I, I mean, when I think about what pride is and how to, 
identify it and how to work on it. I just think, are you willing to be corrected? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to do what you're told? Um, and do you, do you trust God to, to, um, to raise you up? Mm -hmm. I can't remember what, where the passage is in scripture. It says that, that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and James and in due time, he will raise you up. And it's like, yep. are you willing to do that? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to work and in the shadows in such a, in such a society that's everything is to be visible. Everything right. is made, even the food you eat, you're supposed to take pictures of it. Yeah. Like, are you willing to work faithfully and humbly in the shadows or do you have to receive your recognition? Mm. Um, one of the things I often tell we, one of the Proverbs that often comes up in my house uh, with my kids is, the, is uh, let others praise you and not your own lips. Right. Yeah. And I just say that to my kids when they're like, daddy, daddy, did you? And I'm so much better. It's like, let others, pray. it may be that what they did was really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, and so I just look at them and I say, let others praise you and not your own lips, man. James, uh, James talks about that when he says, um, uh, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Um, but Philippians he uses the same theme where he says, Jesus humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name right. that even Christ modeled for us that willingness to be humbled so that he can be exalted. Yeah. Um, and so long as we need to constantly defend our own name and push our own agenda and mm -hmm. and uh, be seen as somebody, yeah. um, we constantly end up on the short end of the stick. Paul in, in Corinthians, it's so fascinating because when he does – when he does uh, defend his apostleship, there's there's such a tongue-in-cheek irony the whole time when he keeps saying, you forced me to do this, mm -hmm. and I appear as a fool, yeah. but I'm willing to appear as a fool. I'm willing to do the hard thing, which in this case was not not defending himself, not being, quote-unquote, above the fray, but entering the fray for the good of the people right. and yeah. saying, you forced me to do this, and I'm going to even be more insane and more crazy, and you all are wise. I'm the fool. He says mm -hmm. that over. He says that over it's over and over again. It's such a uh, a fascinating passage of Paul demonstrating, as you're saying, the idea of of defending the flock by defending his own his own apostleship for the good of souls, right. not for his own for his own benefit, but for their benefit. Yeah, uh, I I think I would, you know, as I'm thinking about how to wrap this up, this idea of like, well, how do you know? What, like, why should I fight my pride? The things that have that have been sweetest for me to see for other people and experience in my own life is that when you are humble and God does lift you up and does give you something good, the clean conscience and the joy that you have in receiving it, mm. it's just so sweet. Because <laughs> you're like, I didn't, I didn't go and wheedle and cajole and manipulate and plot and scheme. I trusted God and he gave me the desire of my heart. Yeah. And and you can and you can receive it as a gift from his hand and you don't have to wonder the rest of your life if like your plotting and scheming mm -hmm. are what got you there. Yeah. Um, it's really freeing and liberating to um, when you're humble, when yeah. you, when, you know, cause then it's like, Oh, well you can, people can correct you and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Allow the Lord to lift you up. And then you can carry on with them in relationship and leading and, uh, in loving yeah. because it's like, okay, well, we all screw these things up and we all have each other's back and we all correct each other. Mm -hmm. And so now we can 
carry on together. It's a it's a really sweet brotherhood. So something I, uh, just a practical way to do that, I think, is to appreciate the good work that God is doing in, in the lives of other people and the good things that they've accomplished. Um, I really like C.S. Lewis talks about this in I think it's the Screwtape Letters that a, a humble man is able to appreciate a great work of art by someone else just as much as if he had painted that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's mere Christianity. It's the idea of self-forgetfulness. Right. He says, that, he says that, that the mark of humility is not necessarily thinking just low of ourselves, but of thinking rightly about ourselves and then being able to not, not be so concerned yeah. about ourselves. Move on from yourself yep. and, and not stay there. Um, and so I, I think if we're looking for, if you're looking for a, a practical takeaway – then just thank God for what he's done in the lives of other people. Thank God for the things that other people are good at because that's the way to get away from wishing you were as good at that thing as they are. That's the way to get away from if someone else is being honored, wishing that you were being honored instead. It's just try to be truly grateful um, for, for what, other, what God has done for other people and actually serve them and, and look, for, look out for their needs and try to actually meet those. Um, because in doing so, you're able to shift the focus away from yourself and onto other people, um, and and that's what humility, in many cases, means. Yeah, and I think we, I think you have to be. I was thinking about it when Martin was talking earlier about humility, and I was thinking of David dancing before the ark <laughs> as it came into the city, and how Michael was upstairs, yeah, just mm-hmm. despising him. And that her her pride, her her dignity, her stateliness, uh-huh. and David's just like only concerned about the Lord. Yeah, and it was humble what he was doing. Right, and he said things that were really you're like David seriously. Like, what if you do did expose yourself? What if you do expose yourself again? And he's like, Yeah, I'm not. I mean, those those women are going to hold those virgins are going to hold me in high esteem. Like, the Lord's pleased with what I'm doing, and if He's pleased, then. That's really all I'm concerned about. Yeah. But it's not him being pleased. Like, you'd just be crazy to think that he wouldn't have known his wife well enough to know that he was going to come home to a wife who was angry at him for embarrassing himself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he just was like, you know, there's something more important than your sense of how things should Propriety. be. Propriety. Yeah. And God honored him for it.